Turn your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 6. We are still talking about dressing for success or dressing for the successful year, a successful decade. Verse 10 says that finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the, of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fairy darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of the Lord or word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. Now, this writer, Paul, was writing a letter to the church in Ephesus, and he said that, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And he taught them how to remain strong in the Lord. And the way to remain strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind is to put on the whole armor of God. Amen. Put on a dressing that will make you strong. Hallelujah. Put on the type of dress that will make you strong. And I said to you that the dressing that you have on indicates where you are going. Your dressing indicates how prepared you are for the place. For instance, if you are going to the swimming pool or you are going to the beach and you have your suit on, you are not ready to swim. Am I making sense? If you are going to a, a, an interview and you have your shorts on and a vest, it shows that you are not prepared for the place you are going. Are you with me? If you are going for a ball, a ball uh, dinner dance, a ball uh, gown dinner dance, and you go with your, your T-shirt, you are not ready. Am I making sense? How many have gone to a place and you felt underdressed? You went to the place and you felt very underdressed. And how many will say that when you're underdressed, you feel uncomfortable? You feel very uncomfortable because everybody is dressed in a certain way and you are dressed wrongly. In the same way, Christians, we can walk in this world being underdressed and being feeling awkward. Hallelujah. Because we have not put on the whole armor of God. You don't go to a war which has AK-47 and uh, Tomahawk cruise missiles and all sophisticated weapons, and then you go with a water pistol. You have no business doing in that, in that place. Hallelujah. You will be the first one to be killed. Amen. So he said that put on the whole armor of God, and he explains what the, each armor Represents. He says that verse 11. He says, For wrestling not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers. Go on to the next one. Go on, go on. Go on. He says, Therefore, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. Which means that the whole armor helps you to withstand. Amen. 
And then the first one, verse 14, he tells us that having done all, having therefore your waist get about with the belt of truth. You see, truth holds everything together. Amen. And I said to you that this year, if you're going to be successful in anything you do, be honest with yourself. Amen. That's the first one. Be honest with yourself. And the second thing is that be honest with God. Hallelujah. You will see one thing about David. David was a, a very funny person. But in all his discourse, he was never dishonest with himself or with God. Are, are you with me? Saul always had excuses to give. You see, if you are somebody who's always making excuses, you are, you are always covering your actions. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? I don't know about you, but I don't like working with somebody who always has an excuse. Because an excuse is a, a very clever way of saying that I won't do it. Yeah, I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. Excuse is a very clever way. Like you are telling us why it cannot be done, why you can't do it. No. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Which, like, really, if you want to do it, you will do it. If you want to be early to work, you'll be early. If every time you go to work, you are giving an excuse why you are late. And meanwhile, everybody else has overcome that same excuse to sit there. Then there's something wrong with you. Am I making sense? So you see, don't be somebody who's always giving excuses. When you go to God and you have sinned, say that it is me. I alone have sinned. For out of iniquity was I formed. My shape and my form is sin. So forgive me. Purge me with hyssop. So that when I am cleansed, I will show sinners your way. But Saul says that it is not me, it's the people. Hallelujah. And you see that that is why Saul was rejected. See, it, it, we, we Christians, especially those of us who feel that we, are, we have reached a certain level of spirituality, we are the most uh, untruthful people. We cover our sinful nature with spirituality. How, how, many, how many are honest this morning? We cover, you know, when we are, we are doing something that is wrong, instead of admitting it to ourselves that we are wrong, no, 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 we, we, we try to cover it. We use spirituality and we, we, we blame others for our misbehavior. You see, and the Bible says that he that covers his sin will not prosper. Am I making sense to something? If you cover your sins, if you always you are trying to over-spiritualize your misbehavior, God will not hear you. Hallelujah. So let us come before God, open and bear. The man, the Pharisee that came to wash, uh, pray and uh, give his sacrifice, and he saw a sinner. He said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this one. <laughs> By the grace of God. I, I give my tithe every day. I pray, I fast twice a week. I am this, I am that, I am this, I am that. You know, and, and the other one will beat his breath and say that, Lord, be, be, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Bible said that one went away justified than the other one. Are, are you with me? We, 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 we have forgotten how to confess our sins. As soon as we listen to our prayers sometimes, how arrogant our prayers sound. As soon as we enter into the, the Lord, your word says we should come boldly before the throne of grace. We have come, Father, we bless you, we give you glory, we, we give us this, then we start. 
Hey! Let us learn to put the belt of truth. See, when your, your trousers is oversized and you don't have a belt, it is not a very nice situation. How many have been there before? You know, your skirt was a little oversized and you were trying to, you know, move. It's not a very pleasant situation. In the same way, spiritually, if you are trying to do a lot of things and your belt is loose, spiritually you look undressed and you will give occasion to the enemy to always get at you. So learn to be honest. Learn to be honest. Learn to be truthful and say that, Lord, I am, I, I am a backslidden. I'm not in the place I used to be. Lord, I am mean in my heart. I am very vengeful. I am vindictive. Lord, I, 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 I don't forgive. You see, those, those hidden sins, those are the ones that God, those are the scary ones. The one that is like, oh, yes, I know you have overcome those open big ones. But the, 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 the Bible said, behold, the little foxes, they spoil the vine. The little fox, the little things of unforgiveness, wickedness, you know, pride, all those type of things. If you are not honest with yourself, God cannot hear us. Hallelujah. The next one we talked about was what? The breastplate of righteousness. I told you that the, your breastplate covers the place of your core, your, your heart. The Bible says that guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Hallelujah. You have to guard your heart. Guard your heart against things that affect, affect you. Let us not allow anybody to tell us things that will make our belief system change. Am I talking to somebody? Anything that will make your belief system change, be very, very, very watchful and guard yourself. Guard your heart. Guard, guard the things. Because it, it could be somebody can just put a little dagger small one here and you still keep walking but you are bleeding and you don't realize you are bleeding you are bleeding until the the blood finishes and you just collapse and die hallelujah let's guard our heart the next one quickly and having your feet shod with what the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I told you the last time that as we walk on this journey, we encounter so many things. Our feet encounter so many things. We go, we, you know, the, the blisters and, and uh, nails and things in, on the road, they tend to uh, hit, uh, uh, affect us and it makes us, it impedes our walk. But the Bible says that the, 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 our feet, if it is short with the preparation of the gospel of peace, it means that you have your boots on. Anywhere you go, you preach the word. Anywhere you go, you preach the word. Anywhere you go, you are instant in season and out of season. You are always preaching the word. You see, what it does is that it makes, the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. It gives you grace. It gives you a certain glory. It gives you a certain protection. You go to an office, and as soon as you get there, you allow your feet to preach the gospel of peace. You go there, I am a believer. It protects you. 
So now when they are inviting people to the nightclub or the pub, they don't invite you. When they are going to the casino, they don't invite you because even when they are swearing and you come there, they, they keep quiet. Why? Because your feet is short with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And that is an insulation for you. It's a protection. I, I, am I talking to somebody? You, you see, when, when you, everybody knows you're a Christian in any environment, it is not a, a minus. It's a plus. It's just for you. It protects you. It makes everybody mindful how they behave around you. But if you don't have the gospel of peace on your feet and you try to blend in and become like everybody, that's a very dangerous thing. Hallelujah. Let's go on the next one. The, above all, taking what? The shield of faith. Hallelujah. The shield of faith. And I told you the last time that with the shield, sometimes the shield was as big as the whole person, the whole human being. And he used that to block the, the arrows and the uh, knives that is coming. And you also used it to push the, the enemy back. Hallelujah. You see, our faith is the most important and vital thing we have. And believe you me, my brother, my sister, don't think that your faith is forever. You can lose your faith. I say you can lose your faith. Give me Matthew 11. Matthew 11. The Bible talks about uh, 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 John the Baptist. This was the guy who pointed out Jesus. He said that this is the, 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 the son of God. Hear him. He takes away the sin of the whole world. Hear everybody. He must hear, listen to him. He said that I am not even worthy to untie the, the latches of his feet. I think verse 23 or 24. He says that, are you he who is to come? Or should we look for another? Look for that verse for me. Look for that verse. Have you found it? He, the guy was so discouraged. Verse 3. He said that, and he said to him, no, let's start from verse 1 so we can understand it. He said, and now it came to pass when Jesus had finished commanding his 12 disciples that, they should, that he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, are you he who is to come? Or should we look for another? This is John the Baptist. Jesus said that amongst them born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. But in life, things happen. Life happens. He ends up in prison. The Bible said that this is the one who is, who is being chosen to prepare the way. He's the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Prepared the way. And he was aware. And he preached. You brood of vipers. Who want you to flee? Very, very bold, charismatic, radical preacher. Everybody was afraid of John's preaching. When John preaches, everybody gave. He was in the wilderness. He wore uh, goat's uh, camel's hair. And he ate wild locusts and honey. Wild guy. Wild guy. Are you with me? He was radical for Christ. On fire for God. 
He was, I mean, when you come to in contact with, 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 with John and you are not right, you will shake. You will be afraid. Because he was a revivalist. Anyway, he went, he revived the place. The Bible says that, and Jesus said that, what did you go into the wilderness to see? Did you go and see a reed that is blown by the wind? No. But you want to see a man who is solid, who knows what he's talking about, who has, who has a certain faith in God. But now he's in prison. And he was thinking, if I was really the forerunner, why am I here? Once I have anointed this guy as Christ, and he's not even coming to visit me. He hasn't even been, he, has, he doesn't even send people to come and uh, comfort me. And his faith. Listen, let us not take our faith for granted. Am I talking to somebody? If John could backslide, you and I can backslide. I've seen people in my, in my years of, of being a Christian, I've seen people who were on fire, wild. I mean, back to back to back to back to back all night. Every day, it was all night. To, to go into the forest, you know, to go into the forest and we have our a, a T-shirt, you put your T-shirt on your neck and then you are walking bare-chested back to back to, to the morning to night. Wow, guys. Today, they don't go to church. Yeah. Yeah. They don't go to church today. I remember, as I'm talking to you, I remember one guy who became a Brahmite. Wild guy. I mean, wild guy. I mean, if the guy prays his tongues. Today, he says he's a Brahmite. And he goes around. When he sees you, you know, like all these young people on fire, then he'll call you and say, look, this thing you're doing, have that. Then you start, and he knows the scriptures back to forth. He will start quoting the scriptures to you and everything. If you don't take care, you will end up following him. Yeah. In fact, most of the guys who I, I used to uh, look up to when I was young and they used to take me to fellowship and things. When I went to Ghana recently, I went to visit like the main ones. I went to I go and visit and then I'll go and sit with them. And as I'm talking, I can see that the person's fire is not like then he's, you know, when the conversation goes to all criticizing all these uh, new churches and what they are doing uh, as compared to what we used to do, you know, and I'm saying that, but now what are you doing? Do you understand what I'm saying? And all they, they have now become as critics of what God is doing now because our faith is a continuous thing. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is a continuous thing. It's a continual hearing that makes a continual doing that brings faith. Are you with me? James says, show me the man who talks about faith and I will show you an action man who has faith. So when the action becomes inaction, then you end up becoming faithless because your faith goes down and down and down and you get to a place where you start to question are you he who is to come? Or should we look for another? This thing that you are doing, is it real? You know, I went to visit this guy. Who you, like, I've talked about him most times. So I won't even give you a clue. You will know who I'm talking about. I went to visit him. Then he said to me, so what is your core? He said, what is your core uh, belief? 
I said, what, what core belief? Then he, he was like, uh, so what is your core beliefs and what is your, uh, I was like, this guy, he, you know, he was like, oh, you know, the emphasis, some of them, the emphasis are on uh, uh, prosperity, some of them, the emphasis, I said, my emphasis is Jesus crucified. <laughs> if you want the emphasis, that is all, <laughs> preaching the salvation, and that's, no, no, he said, you don't understand, so, you see, you must have a core doctrine, a core a belief system that anybody you can be identified by. So I asked him, so what was Jesus identified by? And he started, you call this church, this is what, they, this church, this, uh, they, they point. so I asked him, so right now, where are you? And what are you doing? I mean, these are like, I don't know whether you understand, but these are like the guys who were up there up there, those times. I mean, some of them, their parents chased them out of the house because they decided they won't do anything with their lives. They just want to serve God. When it was time to go to university, they won't go to university. They just want to serve God full time. And many years later, I go and visit some of these guys and I'm like, for me, it's always a lesson. It's always a lesson that, listen, don't ever think you are too high up. Don't ever think. The Bible says, he that thinketh his stance, let him take heed, lest he falls. Never think that you are too far gone spiritually, that you cannot backslide again. Even that, that thought is a backsliding thought. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I'm not making sense. Yeah, even that thought alone is a backsliding thought. To think that you are something that you are not. Hallelujah. Let us strive. That's why Paul said that, beloved, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting everything that is behind, I press, I press on towards the, the, the price of the mark of the high calling so that I may apprehend the purpose for which I was apprehended. It is in front. It's a press. This, this spiritual work is a press. It's a press. It's a press. You never finish until you finish. I say you never finish until you finish. That shield, you see, the shield, if an army is working like this, they have shield on this side, shield, those who are behind, who are shielding behind, and some of them, they use the shield to be on top, so they create a certain box. And they call it the, tort- the tortoise, the tortoise uh, formation. So that even the arrows are coming. They don't hit from the top. They don't hit from the back. They don't hit from the side. So that they go as they are going towards the, the enemy's camp. Let's always have our guard up. Amen. Let's go on next one quickly. Taking a shield of faith with which you quench all the fairy darts of the wicked one. Go on. And take the helmet of what? Salvation. Salvation. The helmet. Someone say the helmet. No, the helmet protects the engine room. The helmet protects the engine room, which is your head. Believe you me, the battleground of spirituality is not in your heart. 
It is not on your faith. It is not in anywhere, but it is in your mind. That is where the battleground is. See, most of us think that the battleground is in our heart. No, no, it's not. It is in your head. The thoughts we think, it controls our behavior. In, in Romans 12, it says that be not conformed to this world, verse 2, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So transformation comes by renewing your mind. So the helmet is supposed to protect the head. So that when it falls, it doesn't crack. Because it doesn't matter how strong you are. When your head falls and cracks, that's it, you're gone. It doesn't matter how strong you are. Can you imagine that this is uh, Usain Bolt? He is coming to run 100 meters with, with uh, uh, me, myself. Uh, let me choose the athletes. Myself, uh, who are going to run here. Myself, Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Fred, Uncle Willie, uh, Pastor Ben, and then uh, Ross. So, so, no, no, Usain Bolt is going on a race with us. But, you see, just before the gun went, Usain Bolt gets high fever. You know, high fever affects your head. So, on your marks, get set, pa! <laughs> Look at them going. <laughs> and then he's standing there laughing and pointing. What do you think will happen? Everybody, Everybody will finish. Meanwhile, he's the fastest. But just that at that point, his head is not working well. Are you getting it? And because his head is not working well, nothing works well. I don't care how much faith you have in, the, in, in God. If your head is not right, you will not work right. Are you with me? If your head is not working, forget it. So he says that whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever, uh, Philippians 4, 8, whatsoever things are pure, of good report, lovely, true. Think on them. Focus your mind on them. Think on those things, on good thoughts, on pure things, on things that will bring edification. Think, concentrate your mind on, 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 on things. You see, you are what you think. Hallelujah. I say you are what you think. It is not necessarily what you believe, but what you are thinking now. What you are thinking now is what you are going to do. What you are thinking now is, so when, when uh, the, the, the temptation in Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4 happened, listen, that temptation was in the mind of Jesus. It was not like uh, Satan is standing here, Jesus is standing here, and they're having a conversation. No, no, it was all in the mind. Any sin you ever commit, it starts with a thought. Hallelujah. If you are going to commit adultery, it starts from your head. It's not, it's it's the thing, you are going to lie, it starts with your head. You are going to do any bad thing, it starts with your mind. Are you getting what I'm saying? So your mind is the ground, is the place of battle. Your mind is the place that Satan, and Satan has access to it. Listen, I don't care how many times you pray. 
I don't care how many times you read the Bible. I don't care how many times you fast. Your mind is the battleground. You see, but the, 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 the good thing about this is that you and I have control of what we think. Things can happen, uh, occasionally pass through. Like I always say, listen, when a bird flies over your head, it is not a sin. When the thought flies over your mind, it's not a sin. But if you allow a bird to land on your head and make a nest in your head, that is, that is a serious thing. So you make the evil thought land on your head and make a nest on your head so that when you wake up, that is what you are thinking. When you go to sleep, that's what you are thinking. The bed is living on your head. That is a problem. Am I talking to somebody? That is a problem. Why do you think that your wife is trying to do something bad to you? Why do you think that your husband is cheating on you? So you're always like this. You're always like this. As soon as he goes in there, then you, you, you try to go. You know, when he comes, you're smelling him. He, he's close. You are trying to look for lipstick. You are trying to do this. You are trying. Why are you thinking that way? Why, why, why? 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 And you see, that your viewpoint will always point a place to you for you to see. So if you are trying to look from a place of detect, detective, detect, you see something that will show you that it's, it's, it's like that. It may not be, but it will look like it. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, am I talking to somebody? The way you are looking at me, I'm, I'm afraid. That's why I'm coming back to my hide behind here. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, our minds are it's very, very, it's very, very, very important. Isaiah 59, verse 17. He says that for he puts on righteousness as a breastplate. A helmet of salvation on his head. He puts the garment of vengeance for clothing and clad with zeal as a clock. Hallelujah. Listen, let's reject anything which is not of God. Sometimes our battle is doubt. Hallelujah. I say doubt. Sometimes our battle is doubt. It's like, even though you believe in God, yet in your mind, there's a lingering doubt. How many have had that issue? You are not sure that this thing will work. You are not sure of of the victory. You are not sure of it. And it it can affect your faith. Amen. See, when when Satan came into the uh, garden, what Satan brought to Eve was to sow doubt. Has God really said don't eat of any fruit? But you see, God didn't say that don't eat of any fruit. He said don't eat of this particular fruit. But he didn't say don't eat of this fruit. He said don't eat of any fruit. He sowed the doubt. This is God. He doesn't like you to have good things. Look at all these nice fruits. He said don't eat them. I didn't say that. But that's what Satan does. Satan always sows a little doubt in the head. This, my husband, he always wants to cheat me. Just one little doubt. And then, because that is in the mind, you start seeing things that shows you 
that, okay, he's trying to do it. Yes, he's trying to do it. Yes, he's trying. He always wants to. He also, he also, he, and that's all you see. And you see, it, it begins to grow. It begins to grow. It begins to grow. It begins to grow. And the Bible said, and when Eve saw the fruit, that it was beautiful to look upon, one that makes one wise as God. Because the doubt was shown that this God is not a good person. That's the first doubt. The second doubt, this God doesn't want us to have nice things. The third doubt is that this God, he's wise. He doesn't want us to be wise. Are you getting how, how the picture looks? And then when she saw the fruit, wow, this is nice. And not only that, it will make me like God. Because he is, he's not a nice person. He wants me, he wants to have, but he doesn't want us to have. Immediately he ate. She, she ate and gave to the husband. And here we are. Hallelujah. So your mind, your mind, your mind, it is something, you see, and we have control of the mind. You can lend your mind to Satan or you can lend your mind to God. You can decide that I want to change the way I think to God's way. Or you can decide that you change your mind to Satan's way. Or you change your mind to your own way. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Your mind, Satan doesn't control your mind. God doesn't control your mind. But you can allow God to deposit on your mind. You can allow Satan to deposit on your mind. And you can allow yourself to deposit on your own mind. That, our will, which is the way we think and our emotions, our soul, is one area that is not controlled by God. It's controlled by us. But we can, we can lend it to God to control it. Or we can lend it to Satan to control it. It's up to us. So put on the helmet of salvation with which go on, the helmet of salvation. Let's look at it quickly as I close. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I can't do that now, but I pray that from today we will control the way we think. The way we think about who we are in Christ. The way we think about what God's will for us is. The way we think about the people around us. The way we think about our lives. The way we think about our health, our, our children, everything. The mind, the mind, the mind. Somebody say, the, my mind. My mind. My mind. Put the uh, Philippians 4, 8. Stand to your feet, everybody. Let's all read Philippians 4, 8 together. Ready? Go. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praiseworthiness, meditate on these things. Meditate on them. Think on them. Put on your right mind. 